you should be really careful when getting advice along the lines of, you know, only follow your passion, do what your heart feels, and so on. Okay, because I think th- th- those are pretty much, uh, you know, th- those are the snowflake type approaches where you f- you find the one person that succeeds. Welcome to Twenty Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Loomi Tech and sponsored by Hippo Insurance, Turing, Upwest Labs, and Hillel at Stanford. When thinking of non-linear career pathways, I think of Yair Lifshitz, former director of Cisco Silicon One SDK. Yair started attending the Technion during high school, then dropped out of both. He became the youngest principal engineer at Intel Israel and later led the design and development of Cisco's Silicon One SDK from inception to production. Yair is now partially retired, dividing his time between family, mentoring, and writing at beyondgoodandevil.org. Yair Lifshitz, How welcome. How are Perfect. you? Perfect. How are you today? I'm doing great. Where are you in Israel right now? Where are you calling from? So I live in a village called Tal Shaha. It's on the way to, the, to Jerusalem. You take, one of the, you, know, you take one of the exits there and you get to that. <laughs> Amazing. So, Yair, we, I'd love to talk about your journey. You start out with, you know, uh, going to, to traditional high school, but not necessarily fitting in exactly the way that, you know, that the average kid, I think, uh, hopes to, to fit in. You uh, obviously go to the Technion uh, and, and attempt over there, but also that is not exactly the experience that you're thinking of. Uh, but nevertheless, you end up being an executive in tech, uh, leading teams, uh, for, for some of the most fantastic companies uh, today, you're, you consider yourself so sort of semi-retired and spending quality time with your family and friends and community. So Yair, take me all the way back to your school days. And, and what I'd really love to do over these 20 minutes is to pick your brain over your own experience and how that and how a lot of other young entrepreneurs and young students might, you know, resonate with the things that you're saying, because I think that a lot of people are feeling what you're feeling and it's almost sort of a taboo subject sometimes to speak about. Definitely. So let me just start by saying that, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So the way I'm seeing some of the things, you know, when I look back, it's not necessarily the way, the way I felt those when they actually happened. Okay. And that's, uh, so. <laughs> I think that, that's also an interesting topic. <laughs> but uh, so for me, I'm originally from a, a small village in the north of Israel. It's called Amirim. It used to be, it still is a vegetarian village. Okay, so almost everyone living there were actually vegetarian when I was born. Um, my dad's a farmer. Yeah. My mom's a kindergarten teacher. Um, I think when I was much younger, I used to, I think maybe a, until the sixth or seventh grade, I used to go to the school, you know, half and half or so on. I would wake up in the morning and tell my mom, you know, I don't want to go to school today. <laughs> and I'm not sure why, but they would let me stay home. Okay. And I would just, uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but, how, but like every kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know how many, you know, how many people remember the early math programs we used to have, you know, the, the educational TV we, we used to have in Israel. So I would just, you know, wake up in the morning, watch a few, you know, watch a few hours of these math lessons, English lessons, or whatever, or just walk around the village, do something. Okay. Um, well, then, I, I, you know, I, I moved to high school. <clears throat> um, I think I was a. I don't want to say I was a lazy kid, but I probably was pretty much a lazy kid. But I, I remember everyone studying with me. You know, we were, I don't know, sort of a 
group of the you know, of, of the of students that typically had uh, higher grades and so on. So I remember when we reached the tenth grade, and you have to choose which which subjects you're going to focus on. So I remember everyone saying, "Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to learn more about math and physics and you know and history and biology and whatever." Each each such kid had you know three topics. Or I would just said, "Listen." We have to pick one, so I'm picking physics, math is an obvious. That's it. <laughs> I'm just getting home as early as I can every day. That's fine for me. Um, I think actually I was pretty... <clears throat> I don't <know> expect. <laughs> it, it is what it is. Doing more is not necessarily an upside. <laughs> but uh, and, and today I can say, I don't think I've seen it then, but like, at least for me, I think I've That's seen that happen. That's also a big misconception, yes. Yeah. And I, I think I've seen that for many people, but I think it, definitely for me... <clears throat> Most, you know, most types of understandings or thoughts I have, you know, do not happen since I sit down and, you know, and methodically think about a, a subject. You learn something. Then there's some time when things, you know, they just getting, they, they are placed nicely in your brain. And then a day after, a week after, a month after, you wake up one day and things are clearer. Now, I think if, if, if you want to see a Maybe one example of how that works. You can look at, you know, at how people are sometimes stressed out by subjects they're studying in, you know, in college or in high school, and then when they look at the same subject a couple of years later, you know, or maybe even a semester later, and they suddenly help someone else, suddenly everything is clear. So obviously there, you know, there's a curve here, and maybe if earlier you understood thirty percent, now you understand fifty percent, okay, or eighty percent. But for me, I never, you know, there was never an at least back then, there was never an, 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 right. you know, a take of, hey, I right. have to understand, to learn everything, and so on. If, if something was interesting for me, I would spend 24-7 on it. I remember as a kid, I used to, you know, to go online and just, for example, I loved mathematics. I used to read about, I don't, read about uh, biographies of Euler and stuff like that. But if something's interesting, you do that. If it's not interesting, then, you know, then it becomes a sort of a chore. Okay. Um, really? So, <laughs> and by interesting, I think interesting is a tricky word. So that doesn't necessarily mean this is something that, you know, that is just like an interesting movie to see. Sometimes you have a goal that's going to take you two or three years to achieve. Okay. So the interest doesn't have to be that specific work you're doing that specific minute. But you have to feel that, that what you're doing is significant and that you are... Comp- you know, that you are happy or or content doing it, okay? And if you're doing something that will take you three years or five years or ten years to reach, but you feel comfortable with that, and again, comfortable doesn't mean physical comfort, comfort and doesn't mean sleeping a lot of hours, then that's great. The more you diverge from, you know, from your sense of self, the harder it becomes. And again, this is not a... I think my general take on life is, you know, that... It's it's not you know right or wrong are just words. So it's uh, you have to make sure that what you're doing is something that actually works well for you. Okay, and and that can be sometimes it can be working twenty four seven. Sometimes it can be just staying home for a month and doing nothing. Both are fine. Okay. Right. Um, so, anyways, um, I think around the tenth grade. Uh, few of the folks that I studied with. Right. So yeah, I, I really want to ask you is. You know the the whole idea of you know following your passion when you're when you love something you do twenty four seven you know so you know it's great when that passion is mathematics and computer science because one it's, you're going to make a big impact on the world and you're probably going to make a lot of money along the way but a lot of people have 
true, true passions that aren't necessarily in those sexy fields that every parent would dream their kid to, to, to go and, and be a doctor and a lawyer and a mathematician. And, and I completely agree with that, with that mentality that at the end, you know, it's about finding that sweet spot, finding that particular passion that, that you want to spend 24-7 on, on an intrinsic motivation. And if you, if you spend the time that you do on things that you love, you'll make the most out of it. You'll, you'll be successful with it. But it's really hard as a kid. So take me back again to your childhood. How do you cope with that? How do your parents cope with that? And, and what sort of insights do you have now for, for young students that are you know, finding themselves in, in today's world in 2021? Yeah, so, so I think maybe one thing before actually touching on that, one, one thing that I think is at least is you know, my, my take on life, and that is that you should be really careful when getting advice along the lines of, you know, only follow your passion, do what your heart feels, and so on. Okay, because I think th- th- those are pretty much, uh, you know, th- those are the snowflake type approaches where you f- you find the one person that succeeds, uh, or the ten pe- people who succeeded, and you know, you you I don't know, you're looking at, uh, I don't know, you're looking at Steve Jobs, right? So, and there's this famous quote he has where, where, where he says, you know, we don't hire people to tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they tell us what to do. And that's great. But Jobs was a micromanager and a super micromanager, right? <laughs> and everyone in the field knows that. And I think if you worked with some, uh, you know, with some uh, top talent, you know that there is a huge, you know, there's a huge gap. And, and I'm sure, by the way, that Jobs actually felt that and that for some of the, you know, maybe, maybe the people he trusted most, I don't know, maybe for Johnny Ives, he actually did that, okay? But Apple doesn't have two employees. It has tens of thousands. And those people may have suffered a lot. Doesn't mean they didn't enjoy the end result. But, but it's the same thing here. If you, know, if you look at me and you say, hey, this person followed his heart, everything turned out okay, then doesn't necessarily mean that it will work for you. And I've made some choices in my life where, where I said, listen, <coughs> this choice is not making me happier on a day-to-day basis. I'm still going to keep at it for a while because I think overall this is a good decision. And I think this is something, you know, this is super critical, understanding the fact that those simple advices along the lines of just do what you want, everything will be fine and so on. At least my take is that it doesn't work that way at all. Okay. Uh, What is true is that you need to make sure, at least that's my take, you need to make sure that the... the path you follow is one that will ultimately lead you ultimately lead you as close as you can to maybe happiness is a good word or you know, to being content. Okay. Now, <clears throat> if for you yes. that means working in the tech industry, great. But if that means that you're going to be an artist or anything else, so for example, my wife, my wife's a doctor. Okay. I don't think I would ever be able to work as a doctor. Okay. But uh, if that makes her happy. That, that's great. Uh, if there's money in it, great. If there's not, it's also okay. You just need to make sure that the, the balance of everything, the work, your work, your, your children, your family, anything else that you care about, that you maximize that balance. And more importantly, and I think that's maybe the key point and something that we are rarely taught, is being able to look at what you have objectively and actually be content about it, okay? To think, uh, and I can give, maybe give one, one example from, from myself that is a tricky one. So, I don't know, I've, I've joined sometimes late in my career. I joined a startup. It got acquired pretty quickly. So, I'm, you know, I'm, 
pretty okay now. You mentioned retirement. So I'm at least on my first retirement. I'm sitting home, taking care of the kids. With COVID, it's even better. Uh, so... So 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 so, 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 that works great. But you know, what, what many once in a while I ask myself, and once in a while can be every week or I every month that. or every. So, so once in a while I ask myself, listen, did I? I mean, did I really reach my full potential, or not? I mean, and it can be anything. Maybe, maybe hitting that jackpot with a startup was you know the the best I can ever do, and maybe it was actually a you know substandard result and going with a different path in life, I could have achieved much more. I worked for Intel for many years. Was that a good thing or a bad thing? And it's really hard to nail those things. You know, there's that fear of missing out. Whatever you do, you're always going to feel or you're always going to be able to feel that you could have done better or there could have been something else better. And I think being able to quiet that down, that feeling, whether that's by objectivity, being able to look in the world and say, hey, things, you know, I'm actually well off or alternatively saying, I don't really matter. I don't really care about that. There's, you know, I don't mind the, 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 you know, the, the reference to other people. I just want to know what makes me happy. It's a, it's super hard to do that. Okay. And I think that's actually what's leading a lot of the frustration that we're seeing around us. So that's something that you definitely focus on. Okay. For me, I can just say that most of the decisions I made at least early, both dropping out of high school, uh, maybe dropping out of high school. That that was the, the, the that was the one where I had the least amount of actual of an understanding of what I'm doing. Okay, the fact that this worked out is great, but right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I can say looking looking right. at that for a hundred percent. So yeah, you're now in hindsight. You know you you. It's okay. I, I, what I wanted to ask is, in hindsight, so you drop out of high school, you make your way to the Technion. I believe you, you know, you commute like crazy amount of hours every day. You also don't find a good fit in the Technion, and then you go to work for for Intel for ten years. You lead a team at Cisco. What do, do you feel that there, you were missing some things? Um, you, that you were missing some things when you entered the tech ecosystem that. Did you did you miss some foundation from academia, some theory? Or I mean, now I'm talking specifically to you know young computer scientists or young engineers that that you know are really excited at, at 13, 14 to just go and you know build stuff for companies and and might choose to forego that you know four year academic program in university or even doing a full high school diploma. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I would split that into several things. High school diploma by itself is meaningless. Okay. Uh, and I think the best reference for that, at least, you know, at least work-wise, and the best reference for that is the fact that you can see someone studying for three or four or six years, you know, for his matriculation exams. And then later you see people after the army that have to redo those tests or learn those from scratch. And it takes them two months. Okay. So that by itself, I think is, is, is not a key value and no one actually at least work-wise, no one actually looks at that, uh, again, in the tech industry. <clears throat> About the Technion, I would say there's a difference between not doing something and doing it, do, you know, just not doing something, doing it uh, reasonably well, and actually doing it very well, okay? So for the time I was at the Technion, I initially started studying uh, math and computer science. Um, I think I had a you know, I had high grades. I was enjoying the content. It's not that I was suffering there. The first, the first, I don't know, 
a year or a year and a half was really fun. Okay. Um, the moment I decided to quit, I already had the initial, you know, the, the, the basic, uh, the basic background of things like data structures, algorithms, and so on. And since I was, you know, since I was part of the math department, then you actually also hear about the motivation for everything, how you know how the underlying uh, logic of everything works. And I think that for me was uh, you know, that blew my right. mind. So the moment you have these basic tools of what logic actually is, what is what does it mean that A implies B, and so on. The, the moment you have those things, and you you, you basically develop critical and objective thinking then you have this tool now you can choose whether to use it or not so i think the moment you have these and a few of the others data structures and so on at that point 99 percent of the jobs in tech are doable and the others if you're a person who learns himself you you you, you can you can you can learn you, you can complete these i'll just say that for me and my, my path here was unique in one extra sense is and that's because i live you know far from you mentioned that i used to commute a lot so before i started studying at the technion actually spent a semester or two uh, studying at a community college somewhere near my home and i can tell you that i did not understand anything <laughs> okay i think we did something equivalent to algebra 101 there i just did not understand anything you know i knew what what it means to to technically multiply a math uh, uh, a matrix but what does it mean to find eigenvalue? What? Why is that even a good thing? Okay, so I could not understand it, and and, and so so the decision to move to the Technion was weird in that sense. It worked well, but it was weird. But I, my point is, if you if a having some uh, some formal education, especially in our field, is important to ninety nine percent of the people. Now, to be clear, if you're that one percent that opens your computer. You read a, you know you read articles day and night. You go and write that code. No, you don't need it. Okay, but 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 generally speaking, if you see people that were that were successful dropping out of you know dro- dropping out of college, and think, hey, you know I don't need college. Just remember that uh, that folks like Bill Gates, like uh, like Mark Zuckerberg, those are folks that have the you know the U.S. equivalent of uh, 800 in the you know in the psychometric exam or you know whatever their SAT number is. So so it's not that this is impossible, but you really have to be objective with yourself and say, am I the kind of person that just takes something on? No training, and it just works. If you're that kind of person, hey, drop everything. Don't work. You know, spend a year or two working somewhere just to get the basics and do whatever you want. But if that's not it, then spend some time at college. Okay, it is not a bad thing, and and pick a good college. Okay, don't say. And I can say again, it's very. It's not politically right. correct. Yeah, I, I was going. I was going to say. That. I think that yeah, you're, uh, what, what you're saying here. I think there's two two main thoughts that I have. One is that you know you're right. I think that a lot of people look at people. And I, there's two thoughts that I have in regards to to what you're saying here. One is for you know a lot of people look at uh, these exemplars like you know Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, um, uh, Zuckerberg, and they're saying you know these these are people that dropped out of college. They you know the system didn't work for them, and, and they were it turned out great. But you know people forget that you know Sergey Brin and Larry Page dropped out of, the, of a PhD program. Uh, Bill Gates dropped out of a, I believe the third year. Zuckerberg dropped out of a, out of his second year after he was all after he already had like ten years of computer science experience under his belt, and he was taking some senior and graduate school classes. So so I think that there there is you know that there are people that have this misconception that it's you know okay if 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 Bill Gates did it then I can do it. I don't have to even go study. I can just go and do it on my own and maybe they can but 
but but I think it's important to know realistically what happened and what skills really they harnessed. And they did harness a lot of the skills in academia that led to their success. And the other thing that you're talking about, I think, which is, uh, you know, I think that there is also a difference, a cultural difference between going to college and in the different countries, right? So in Israel, we go to college after the army. It's it's primarily a professional mentality. You go to college because you want to gain that professional skill set. It's less about, you know, personal growth because the army is responsible for that. But then you have, uh, the, the you know, for example, in, in the U.S. and a lot of other places where, you know, that is the next stepping stone to maturity after high school because uh, you don't have that. That army. So instead of going at 18 to the army, you go to college and the college experience, there is also very much targeted to your personal growth and, and making you a balanced human uh, being and growing you as a person. So I think uh, that it's also extremely valuable in that sense. But I was just inspired to hear about your, your journey, your take. And uh, before we leave, I have to ask two most important questions. One is, now in hindsight, what would be the most important advice you would give yourself if you could go back all the way to those high school or college days? And the ne- the second question is three words that you would use to describe yourself. <laughs> so in terms of advice, uh, I don't know. I think <laughs> that, 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 that's that's a non-trivial one. I would just go with a you know with, with a trivial "don't panic" answer. <laughs> I mean, it's super hard to, to to predict what the future would. You know, I think there's yes. there, right there's a saying of it's hard to make predictions, especially about the future. So, 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 so I I would just say, I, I think in life we typically look at most of the decision, many of the decisions we make as, hey, this is a deal breaker. I'm going to drop out of college. This is going to make or break everything. Okay, and and we tend to look at many decisions that way. And the truth is that this is more similar to, you know, to making uh, an investment in the stock market or something like that. You actually, you know, each one of your smaller decisions actually guides you through. So if you're going to to make one or two or three bad decisions, it doesn't matter most of the time unless it gets you killed or something. But, uh, but, but actually being able to consistently make those decisions is important. And, and you don't need to be tr- too troubled that one decision you make is going to break it. Hey, you drop out of high school, you can, you, you can, you can redo that in a couple of months later. That's true for anyone. You drop out of college, you can come back. It's not, it's not a killer. Right. As long as, you, you, know, as, long as you apply logic, uh, uh, I would not even say logic, apply a deterministic and consistent process, that's, I, I, I think that's, that will get you much farther than you think. Okay. Um, so don't panic is great. It would have made the stress right. levels much lower for me. Um, in terms of three words, so I think one is, uh, I don't know, luck is def- definitely a factor here. So I, I don't really know whether, you know, wh- whether I am lucky or not, but I feel lucky. Okay? I mean, many things could have gone a different way. And thinking back, even some of the, you know, even some of the things that were not necessarily a, uh, a super fun experience at the time. I know getting rejected, for example, I was rejected from the excellence program at the Technion. Okay. So when that happened, I wasn't super happy. Okay. But looking back, it was a pretty good thing for me. Okay. I think had this actually worked out, I, I think the overall result may have been actually much worse than, than what I, than what I was able to achieve. So, 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 so luck definitely is, uh, whether I'm lucky or not, I feel lucky, which is, <laughs> um, the, the, the second thing is empathy. And so I don't know, I'm not necessarily always sympathetic, 
but being able to empathize with what someone else feels or you know or or sees is this is a i think this is an understated uh, va- you know th- this is an understated uh, value that can really move you forward okay, the amount of times you talk to someone else and you know the difference between understanding his viewpoint and not can be the difference between getting what you want in a in an hour or a day and having something never happen at all okay i think that's something that helped me when i was a manager but also helped me much earlier didn't didn't have that when i was much younger but i think uh, i right. think that that grew in uh, and the last one is um, that, that that's going to sound a bit paradoxical but I think maybe humbleness, and that does not mean. Okay, I mean I have a huge ego. Okay, it's not. It doesn't mean that I don't brag about things because, unfortunately, I do. But it, it does mean I, I would I would describe that as tech or logic humbleness. And I think that's something that's really important for people to, to you know to, to be aware of, and that's the, the ability to look at the data you have, whether that's your feelings or numbers or anything else, and to analyze that you know with calm and be able to say hey you know what i'm wrong for example in tech uh it's super easy especially as you become more senior to just get in the room and immediately think hey i'm smarter than everyone i'm more senior (laughs) okay but uh but but being able to enter each one of those discussions and you have tens of those uh, uh, a week now and hundreds of those a month being able to walk into such a discussion and say Listen, guys. Right. I'm just. Uh, hey, I know I made that decision a week ago. I'm wrong, and do that consistently. Not you know, ju- not just once. That is a. I think that that is again. That is a sort of a hidden superpower that if you have that, you can actually move things much much faster along the, than than you could otherwise. And if you're able to implement that in your personal life, it also makes you a happier person. I think. I love that. Yair, thank you so, so much for spending this time with me. Uh, I think your journey is incredible. I think your insights, your humbleness, and your your uh, very open-minded outlook. Um, I think that a lot of people, you know, go through some experiences, uh, and obviously you, you've succeeded in, in, in whatever path you've chosen to, to take. Uh, but then they, they go and they recommend that path. And I love that your recommendation is don't listen to my recommendation. You know, every person has a different path. Uh, don't panic. Uh, you know, remain humble, remain open-minded. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think that's the, that's really the key. And and as we grow to a more globalized world where, where information is accessible, really to to uh, to with a you know split of a second, and curiosity and passion is what drives us. But it's also the idea that the world is changing literally every second. And you know, I don't know what is going to be my next career. Right now, I'm a software engineer. Who knows? You know, maybe I'll be a farmer in this new type of of farming thing, right? Because the world is just changing and you know we just have to keep discovering ourselves so thank you for taking the time to speak with me and stay safe and stay healthy